he did a lot of things, which you hear about Hashem, some of the things now. And he didn't take for it the kavod that he would take a person could take for these things. He stashed it away in the next, for the next world. A person like that in Shaman has a very big word to defend people and to give them merits. I don't know where to start from, but I'm going to start from what I think I could start from. We try to make this once a year. Uh, arayat. When you speak about the Niftar, the Niftar comes down partially to the world. It means he's in front of us. Partially, he comes and hangs around. Meaning there's a certain item that on the yard site, something comes down. So you have a special zikhut that day on the yard site. Especially now, and 25 minutes from now, is Moshe Rabbeinu's yard site tonight. So we might go into that a little bit, into that also, get that in. My grandfather, Allah Shalom, is known as Nuri Dayan, Isidore, Ezra Dayan. They called him Nuri. Nuri really, the word Nuri means fire. Nuri is fire. Some said that his real name was Nuri El. That's right, Eric Kaduri said that. But he was an orphan. This is why the story is so important, is to show you how much you can do in this life. What this orphan did. He was born in Syria. And there was a, a debate that what a Bedin, who, who was taking the kid? His mother had passed away. And his father wanted him to come to Israel. But he couldn't take care of him. But that's what he wanted. His father's buried in Givatayim, next to Tel Aviv, he's buried there. And then the Mishpachat Bibi, that's his, I think it was his, um, his, mother's, his mother was a Bibi. So her family, I think, I think maybe, maybe her mother, maybe it was her mother, it says at the beginning of the book, they, they fought to the kid. She wants, to take the, she wants to take the kid to America with the Bibis. The Bibi family was a family from Baghdad, the Iraqi family, who the grandmother heard the Benish high classes in Baghdad. It means that there was a man, in that community there was a man, David Bibi, in Ahayezer, he was the president of Ahayezer before David Bibi. David Bibi, Ruben Bibi, Morris Bibi, these are my great great uncles, my grandfather's uncles. I knew them. They were very special people. Rabbi Kamalovich is not here now, but Rabbi Kamalovich's grandfather was very close to them. Very close to them. As a matter of fact, when the, when the yeshiva and the mir in Brooklyn didn't have heat in the winter, they gave classes in Ahayezer down the block. That's just, that was the setup that they had with them. So, it ended up, she won, she won, she won. Oh, I, I just mentioned Rebbe's name just now, how David Beebe was close to your grandfather. That's today's the old site, I just, I got to, So, I'm going to remind you, Kamalovich, Shem Shemoto. Kamalovich, Amen. So, you know idea who these people were. David Beebe, at age 10, ten years, I, heard, I was at the Levaya, his funeral, and Neil, they said this at a funeral, in front of his coffin, which you can't say, you have to say the truth. At age 10, a long time ago, in the 20s maybe, his mother would give him money in the morning to buy bread. <laughs> Every day, he came back with no change. One day she gave him $5. $5 in those days was crazy money. He came back with no money. He says, where's the money? He says, no, can I tell you, ma? 
I come back, I buy bread for and I see on the streets poor people asking for bread. In America, it was a time of trouble in those days. So I buy loaves of bread that I hand them out to all the people in the streets. At age 10, that's what David Beebe used to do. These are the big people, these people. Giant people. So now my grandfather was an orphan, and in, in that, uh, that Bet Din case, she won the case, and they took him to America, which was in Menashamayim because had they come to Israel at that time, who knows what would have been at that time. There was no real hearty religion, could have been lost. And he's the only one in the whole family that went to America, and he became the superstar. Ellis Island went over there, and he stayed by Ruben Bibi's house, he was an orphan, and he grew up there, they took care of him like, 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 like a kid, like their own kid. It was a family of nine, ten children. But, let's say at night time, he couldn't fall asleep. He, if there was no room in the house, he said, he has to be squashed someplace, but he could He used to work in his, uh, in his uh, those years, those years, they used to go to, to Katab, they had a few, they learned a little bit later on in the afternoon of learning, read some reading or what, but they have to work. Very hard time. So he used to work, and make a certain of a nickel or something, he made a certain amount of money, and he used to give that money to anyone who knows Rabbi Jack Masselton. Rabbi Jack Masselton, he was the 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 the, 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 the teacher of the reading, Ta'amim and I tell it for maybe three years. Yeah, yeah, he So he used to pay he used to give him the money and say, Listen, come here in the morning, wake me up in the morning. He worked all day to make that money and give it to him, they say in the morning he wakes him up. Shimus Minyan. And he grew up and he, ha- he was hanging around Rabbi Muhammad Saton, Allah Shalom, Hakam Murad. He came from Damascus, 1910, something like that. He came from Damascus. That's my grandmother's father. And he helped raise this boy. He used to ask him two questions. They'd be next to him. Eventually, I'm skipping a lot of years, but she got married to my great grandfather's daughter. She loved me well, my grandmother, in Brooklyn, New York, big tzaddikit, a big fighter for Sinyaut. And before you guys are born, always they have in the magazine, and she always put a, always an article, that's the note, always. Very strong. Always have the right things done in the community. She always stood behind my grandfather in all the big affairs. Now, when we talk about a person like this, there's so much that went on behind the scenes that only if you're in the house, you can see some of it. I was Zuchir, that's all the grandchildren to grow up. Upstairs from him for 15 years, I lived in the same, same house with my grandpa all the time downstairs. And the things that went on over there are very big things. I'll tell you a couple of things that happened over there. Now, but before I get to that, just to know that he did in his life many big things. If you see in the community, Le Minyanim, that have learning, there was no Le Minyan in the community. On Sunday mornings, there's no work, but there was no Leminyan. It was 7.30, 7 o'clock, and that was it. You missed the Minyan, you missed Minyan. My grandfather wanted to get the boys to come to Minyan, so he said, you know what, I'm going to buy you Danishes, which was unheard of in the community at the time. I'm going to start you a breakfast now in the shul. He would buy Danishes and milk, and it was a baseball team, maybe Wildcats, something like that, Bobcat Wildcats. He used to pick the guys up himself with the car, cut all the guys, cut the shul for, I think it was 8.30 Minyan, early Minyan. And he gave them breakfast, and then they go play ball all day outside. But before that, he also brought in Tehillim. Five chapters of Tehillim. You do every Sunday. <coughs> I remember when I was a kid, they went on into Ahayat till today, till today, in Ahayazim. Minyan, of nine o'clock Minyan, Ahayazim, they read Tehillim. He used to pile the books, maybe 60, 70, 80 books, like to open to the spot, all the way like this, and walk around giving Matthew Shigal like this, for sure, like that. 
this was my grandfather was his whole life was looking to do mitzvot to make other people do mitzvot. That was the main item of his life, was the words and his problem is that keharabin. To make others meritorious. And give merits to other people also. That was his words. That's what the Zohar says. The one who makes a person have a merit, he is the highest level in the world. It's higher than angels. It's the highest. If you make a high level in this life, make others do mitzvot. But of course, first do yourself mitzvot to get to know how to do mitzvot. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll go now to get, I'll do kiruv, but I need kiruv myself. <laughs> of course, but do now and work for yourselves and then use later on. Use later on for Am Yisrael. And that's what he did his whole life. Like he used to do with Lulav. In those days, there was no Lulav in the Tarot community. No one knew for such things. It was like, yeah, the rabbi had one. He did two, three, and the whole. And everybody just came. You know, hang out. So my grandfather would stand, Sukkot. I remember him standing by the shoulder door. You walk in. Here, check the Lulav. Okay, next time. Everybody walks in. Every single guy. Every guy. He prayed a little bit for early. Every guy says that. And go ahead. They called it the Mezakeh. They called it the Lulav the Mezakeh. He gave him, now it's yours, and take it to his dad. Everything was like that. I mean, Arabi, even in his later years, in his later older years, I'm skipping out for a second, in his older years, oh, in 70, he was 75, he used to stand in the winter afternoons and Shabbat, out of Shabbat, people come back from Manhattan late. It's 400 shul, 400 afternoon, it's very early shul. So he would sit there with Sidurim, and Ahayaz, they walk into the social to the hallway. Okay, 10 guys, go, Minyan, let's go, Minyan. They became a Shtibu. Minyan, minyan, about 10 minyan, one here, Quran, next, ten guys, here, one, two, three, four, five, six, so they call up to the shul, one, six, and catch the shul, they walk to the shul, by the chadudi, when I get in there. That's what he looked for all the time. Can I help another guy make a mitzvah? Is there another Jew, another Jew that I give him the chance to do another thing? To go to a class? How much should I He opened the school, Ahayaz at Yeshiva, when there was almost no schools around. And not just the school. What he did in that school was, public school kids, it's not to get them out of public school, because it's free. So I come to Ahayazid, it's also free. How did it run? No one knew. Miracles. Ahayazid, Yeshiva ran of miracles. They have your ex. So today it's still there. No one knew. How does it run? And this runs. What? Hashem Shemayim. That's the other words he has in it. These two phrases always on his lips. Mezakeh Arabim and Hashem Shemayim. Do Hashem Shemayim. Do for Hashem. Don't put yourself in the agenda. Get yourself out of there. Because if you're in the agenda, you don't see straight. You're out, now you can see what Hashem wants. Always Hashem Shemayim. And he made the school. It was a visionary. What can we do for the community people? Those who can't afford tuition. In those days, they didn't have money some people. Today for sure, but it's tuition much higher. But... He would take them in. I remember one guy who asked, I was in some, some, some cab driver, some guy, Israeli guy. He had his kid in the public school. He said, don't bring me, bring to the, to the school. Huh? I asked him, they took him in for free straight in, no problem, by the way. Russians came, took him in for free. They went on like that all the time. No one knows today how that school is running, how it ran. It ran because a person who puts down the seed of L'Shem Shamayim, it has to be successful. That's the rule of the Gemara. Rabbi Hayyah planted the seeds, he reaped the flax, he made nets, he caught, captured deer, he slaughtered them, gave the meat to the orphans, and he wrote on the scrolls, he wrote the Torah, and that Torah stayed forever in the students. Because of Shem Shemayim. He made also senior citizens' buildings on Avenue S, and he said, two big buildings, that's, that's his Yuzma, also he stirred. 
Together, Mohammed Azra actually trained them for that. He's also that the older people should have an honorable old, old age. He didn't just do it that way, he also visited them on Purim. I used to, I went one year, I was okay to go with him. He used to take every year to bring a grandchild. How does he do it? He showed you how to do it. He bought a case of chickens, a whole trunk, whole trunk. Barbecue chickens, coleslaw, potato salad, big wines. Oh, also big wines. He goes into this one and to that one. He walks this down a few minutes, talks to these people, make them happy. He's old man himself. He's old man himself. He's old man. He's going to them, taking it to them. People waited to see him. And we give them Mishnah Manot and they waited. That was their meal. That was a seudah. A whole chicken. A bottle of wine. Salad. That's the thing I said. Next year he changed it. Kippeh platters. Giant platters of kippeh and the stuff. Each one separate. Another one. He did everything mahadrin. Everything ze'eli van ve'u. Mitzvot should be done with beauty. Don't just try to get away. Do the mitzvah. Go for it. Do it right. When I came, and I remember one time I was in the old age, uh, I was there for some reason in the office, and some old man, he's in his 92 year old man, I know from the Obelko Bensonhurst, he should be a Hazan, but a guy was getting a little hallucinating in the room, he's getting scared, someone's in his room, he saw the lady, he says, No, someone's in the room, he said, No, sir, no one's in the room. Anyway, he suddenly sees me, he remembered me, he says, You, he starts crying. He said, For your grandfather, I give my less blood! So he said, How much he helped? How much he would bail people out from troubles. And the, the man of peace, he was a man of peace. The number one man in our community, in all the shuls together, Nuri Dayan. You guys were born, there were one time there was a big skirmish amongst the shuls, there was a big mahlokit. Things happened, well, you. Twice, I'm sorry, there were two times, different shuls. Who they bring in? Nuri Dayan. The only one that his word was accepted on both sides. Hands down, no one said anything. Let's make peace, that's it. Finished. Made peace. Until today, the shul is standing. There could have been destruction. I remember as a kid, I remember that. The letters back and forth, it was a whole. He stepped in. And why did, he, why did he have that? Because he was a humble person and he respected everybody. Everybody he respected. Little children, he spoke to them in a, a very special way. And when you walked to them in the street, there was no such thing. Two things. You had to say Hidush. You had to say Torah. Walk back from Shul. He can't waste time. Waste my time. Life. Life is precious. He realized what a minute means of life. When he used to go to Manhattan and had business, he had business in Manhattan, the business. Beauty Continental. That was a, a chandelier company. And in the city, so he, on the train, he used to learn on the train both ways. He had time to learn Torah. When he moved to Brooklyn, it seemed to be very good. Now we're close to the house now. It's beautiful. He was so upset afterwards. He says, I lost that time of learning. I lost time of learning. <laughs> what time he told him, Ezra Salem, I heard one last night, new, new story from Ezra Salem. He was like seven, eight years old. So his grandpa told him, he says, listen, I want you to take me a message, or tape it on the tape, and I'll, I'll be able to hear it when I have to go somewhere. I'll be able to hear it. It's an eight-year-old kid. What did he do to this kid? First of all, he's making the kid feel great. And he's raising the kids' level. And he's going to also use the Torah. Even when, at one point, he couldn't... Uh, what was it? The, the one eye was a problem. He had a thing. Or he had a problem with bypass. So he, he needed to sit down and just listen to Shia'urim. So Rabbi Sayyam's father got him a bunch of 
So just here, because he used to always learn, but he couldn't learn one time, so he had to have the thing. He said, he's listening to Clay. Not to waste time. That was not to waste time. So he would tell us, if I do, say something. If I do, walk back from the shoe night, you have something to say? Always like that, always. There's something to say. But another very big thing. If has shalom, you, you dare to say something wrong about a Jew, ooh, you got, you got to hand it to you. It was off right there. So I'm just saying, I said, I'm just saying bad things. Things. These two words. He has not put that he said. They're so fortunate. They're so special. Those is maybe what you could say when you're in this presence. You know, watch out. Watch out. I'm very careful with that. Because you get, you get yourself nailed. So when you've been hanging around this person, you grew up that way. You have to grow up thinking these things. I just to tell you for a second, those who don't know, the old Zion, you know the old Zion? had a stroke. He was stroked out. He should shake your hand with his left hand. His son told me that whenever he was in, in the area of my grandfather in America, if he visited a few times in America, he used to point with his hand, left hand, and tell his son, today, look at this person. He's a pious man. He's in the clean-minded people. Now that's not words you throw around. These are words you find in Hazal. These are not regular. These are not regular words thrown around. Hamid Sion would see a person in a second what he is. And he said this, these words are very, very Meduyak words. He didn't show it. That's why he had no beard. Why no beard for? Don't call me rabbi. But he knew so much Torah. It was tremendous. He used to do the daf in the morning on the phone. In later years, he had the phone in his house and do the daf. Just to make sure he gets the daf. How can he say he knew it almost about heart, everything? That's like Tanakh, he knew so much. They finished, guys came after. One public school dropout. I remember the guy, he's a friend of mine, a few years older than me, he dropped out at age 15 from high school. He came crying by the, by the seven days of Shiva. He wrote me a seven page letter. He said, Mr. Dan saw me in shul after he dropped out. He said, you know what, well, come to, let's come to shul for the, come to shul in the morning, you know, just few minutes He got him to shul. After shul, my grandfather sat with him for a few minutes, personal. After a while, he became a seder. The guy said they finished Tan Madrash, maybe Shadrash they finished. They finished studying together, I mean, over the years. And he made this guy, he got him married, made him a... Grandchildren, the guy's children are Bene Torah. He, he just, he just so many times to people, so many, rich people came to his bedside when he was in a coma for 11 months. And they said, they were crying, they said, he gave us the first dollar. He gave us the first dollar in business. They had no money, he put them in business. I'll tell you what took place in Shabbat in his house when I was a kid. At six, seven years old, I was about six years old, seven years old, we used to have a race to go down to Grandpa first in the morning. We come downstairs. Grandpa is already learning Torah from like four o'clock in the morning already. On his own, it's a bad time. He used to, he used to have a habuta. Friday night in his house, there was, I remember an old guy that was not, that was divorced. So he was his guest Friday night. And after the meal, they sat down habuta learning every Friday night. Every Friday night, Torah, after the meal, sat down and And then in the morning, he would be learning in the morning himself. He would come down, right away, he sees come down. He, he puts it in a second. He goes, he goes to get the Siddur for us. 
We would say the whole Bechot HaShahad, he would say the whole Shema Amen, each one, to train us to say Bechot HaShahad. Then he gets up, he finishes that, he gets a piece of cake, and the tea gives you, okay. Ten minutes later shows up, five minutes later shows up, my brother shows up, five minutes later. Then the same thing again. Oh, this is doing here, Bechot HaShahad. He's not a father, he's a grandfather, not a grandfather, okay? And then the same thing again, give him a cup of tea and thing. Then the next one, that's every Shabbat, that's how, that's how it was. We'll go down there, Bechot HaShahad first, and then he gives you a piece of cake to eat. He taught us this tefillah is first. Hashem is first. First, talk to Hashem. Same for the Shahab. Thank Hashem. What he's giving you. Now you want a piece of cake? Okay, you know, six, seven, one guy. All right, guy. Every Shabbat. Then he used to walk to Hayezin. He walked two miles to Hayezin. He met us all to flap at Ocean Parkway. He would say, then he walked back. Motsay Shabbat already. In the car, right? he's saying the pieces. He's driving the car, he's saying the pieces of the Saturday night pieces. He's saying, uh, yeah, everything was... Monsei Shabbat, he made the Rav Malka. He, my grandmother would step aside. That one meal was his meal he made. King David's meal, he would A to Z, put a table like a king out. Every Saturday night, he made Rav Malka, put her out special. The big Zehud in there, take part in that meal, to help in that meal. But he did it. One time, I remember even the Goyim, I remember they were playing ball off the, off the wall of the shoe in Bensonhurst. They had a lot of trouble with the Goyim over there. So I didn't tell them to word these guys, but my grandfather was the guy, he says, do you throw ball off the church? It's a holy place, right? Oh, it's sacred. Said, the synagogue is a sacred place. And they accepted his word. A person has Yerat Shalom, says, his words are accepted. And they accept, they stop playing ball off the wall. They respected him. Even the Goyim. So, there's a bunch of stories. I know one time we had the, he had a bypass, triple bypass. He wants it, so I used to go over him. I was about 19 years old. I used to go over him. 20 years old. We had to say this together in the house for an hour. One day he tells us, listen, do me a favor. I want you to go, and how much it cost a tutor for an hour? Find out how much it cost. I said, Grandpa, what do you mean? For what? I said, well, I'm, I said, it's not Grandpa. I'm not, I don't take money from Grandpa. He says, okay, I'll find somebody else. No, no big deal. I'm, I'm, I'm not taking, I don't need you. I'll find somebody else. Okay. So I had no choice. I had to go find how much it was. It was 20 bucks an hour at the time, 30 years ago. And he paid me 20 bucks an hour. He paid his way. Not for free. I want Torah. I want to pay for it. So that person says, oh, oh, that's expensive. Oh, I can buy. Well, how much is the cheapest one? Cheapest one. You buy a house, a $2 million house, like, that, the cheapest one you want? Why the cheapest one? Buy $100, dollars the best! Want to guard your house, right? Tiffany, the best Tiffany, not $800? Today, $800, Tiffany, almost not kosher, I'm not kosher today, I'm not sure. Buy the best! He used to say, buy them, go for the best! Do mitzvah, do the rest! One time he saw, he see the guys he loved the most. Bene Torah, the most. Highest! You know Torah? You know Torah? The world, you guys. One time we saw Rabbi Nafusi. Rabbi Nafusi from Habab Habab. So he, he lives here in uh, from Egypt. So he, one time, like 16 year old boy, 17 year old boy, he sees, he has a shul, he's in the hallway trying to find his raincoats. My grandfather sees him, there was what's going on. He says, My raincoats, I'm just maybe two things. He says, Right away, they did. $200 bill. Here, go buy another one. He says, 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 he says 
He said, no, no, but I have some stuff, important stuff in the thing, the pocket, maybe. He felt embarrassed. He was just saying, go buy another one. That's it. Rabbi Shabi, Rabbi Etan, he used to be in Minyan. He made kids in Minyan. I remember for 35 years ago, 40 years ago. About 40 years ago, more, more 50 years ago. He has like 60 something now. So he, he gets in the UPS 30 years later in Israel. He gets a big box, opens a box, he sees a tea kettle. Tomorrow's the other They whistle. The old, old fashioned ones. They whistle. He writes a note in there, my grandfather. It says, 35 years ago, I promise you a whistle. I didn't give it to you at the time. For some reason we didn't, you didn't get it. I know you didn't get it. So the next best thing, I can't give you a whistle now, so I'll give you the next best thing for that is this whistling kettle. Thirty years later. He said a story This is this is a person who's synchronized in life. He knows what he's doing in life. There's nothing everything is with a sin, everything's with a thought. Everything is 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 the right way. That's her first feeling. I saw him in action making peace with husband and wife one time. He got involved to help him out, and the, and the lady's yelling at him. Shambling him. What are you doing? You're doing it wrong. You just have to help him out. He didn't leave till he made peace. One time in shul, there was a guy, Adam Shalom. Older than my grandfather, one year older than my grandfather. One year older than my grandfather, about one year. My grandfather's telling him something nice. So the guy tells him, Listen to me, I'm older than you. My grandfather keeps quiet, say words. Keep quiet. Didn't say a word. He had full respect, and he was able with that to work it out with this old, old man to get him calmed down. Had a way to deal with people. Had to know how to respect them and had to know how to deal with people. But wanted to put your foot down, he knew how to put your foot down. But wanted to make mixed dancing in the social hall, there will be no mixed dancing in the social hall. That's all. He said, no, nah, you're comedian. Okay, I'm not going to do it. It's all finished. <laughs> Certain times when he had to stand strong, he knew how to do it. But besides those times, unbelievable. Unbelievable personality. On Sundays, he used to be in Hayezid as president of the shul. He made breakfast. That was from the early people in the community made, made, made it himself. He used to make the, go to the bakery and buy and soon. Because the guys don't want to have bread to wash. He would tell the baker, please put this stuff in the dough to make it for my boys, so that I can just have an easy time to eat and and do all those things, they believe. He made it easy for them. That was in the beginning, first time to make breakfast in a shul like that. People learned from him how to do that. So one time, on Sunday, he used to be every Sunday in shul, help the you know, shul, he had Sunday no work, so he would take care of the shul Sunday, as president of the shul. The Hasidic guy said this over after the, after the funeral. He said, he thought I didn't see, but I saw every single time he made a phone call to his wife in the shul. Now tell me, the president of the shul has to make a phone call to his wife, he has to pay the shul? It's ridiculous. That's Peter Shul. He's the president of Shul. I worked for the Shul four hours for the Shul. He would put a dime at the time of the dime of phone call. He would slip a dime nonchalantly on the table of a secretary like this without the guy seeing. The guy said, I saw it every time, but he thought I didn't see. I played dumb. He played dumb. The guy didn't see it. But every time my grandfather, after the phone call, would just like slip on the table not to have a free phone call from the Shul. Not to take from the Shul. He always told us, give to the Shul. Don't take from the shul. One time, yeah. You know, if, if, if a person wants to take from the shul, he would say, don't use the shul as a, as a funnel for money. You donate your services to the shul. Try to be a giver to the shul. Shul is a makon kadosh. It's better than a kadash. 
have a part in that place. Give, help out. One time, one time I was giving a class over there, and he sees that there's not, I give because no, 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 no books. The guy said, he says to me, he says, wow, there's no books? I have to have books. I have Sfarim. So he goes, we got to dig, I have Sfarim. The guys, and they have Sfarim. The Talitot, he makes sure it's all Kesherim. Guys come morning, say, it's not kosher, maybe you see, you'll make sure there's a seed of kosher. Check this, you see. Fix the sidurim, I remember taping, taping up sidurim. Buy no sidurim, big deal. No. Save the shoes some money. Fix the sidurim. Unbelievable. There's so many of these things that look little things, a giant. What time the story that happened, is one of the greatest stories that happened. Habib Adi said that this story is like a story that from the Yiburim from hundreds of years ago, he was in the rehabilitation center. He got a stroke at age 80, 81, maybe. And then he was in the rehab. And then he, so he motioned, he motioned to Rabbi Ozeri was there. He motioned, he wants us to believe. How come talk so much? So they put his feet on him, they put it on him, and finished. He goes again. They thought maybe he forgot, he put the feet in. No, in the room, in the room, in the room, he said, in the room, in the drawer. So then my grandmother said, yeah, I, I noticed he has a tefillin in the drawer in the, bed, in the thing in the room. It was the middle of time. She didn't know about the middle of time. Tefillin, what that means. My grandfather, she said, ah, that's what he used to do every morning? He used to go come home from shul, straight to the room, lock the door? I didn't say a word. Every day, every morning. Two, three minutes, he walks out. He used to wear middle of time without knowing no So... When he, when, he, when he went like this second time and they asked him what is it, where is it? he started to cry so I was very so why are you crying he says I didn't want anybody to know that I'm wearing a bed of Tamsin and then they have to know because they have to say where it is this kind of a story only sheds light on so many things that he did without people knowing a guy came in the Shiva about two weeks later and he's asking he comes to the shul he wears his check from the fund there's a special some name a certain name fund I get my, my monthly check. He says, the guy tells him, what kind of fund is that? There's the name of the fund. I've been getting it for years. What do you mean? He said, there's no such fund in the shul. There was no such fund. My grandfather did this to a lot of people. He gave a, f- a fictitious name on the thing, and he gave the guys a monthly check. From who was buying it? <coughs> there's no thing that's like that. They exist. Non-existent. For years. In Israel, here, guys got that packages. No, who's from? You can't imagine what this person did in his life. Not to waste a second of life. One time they were at work and had a lot of trouble in the business. Uh-huh. Street. It seems all going well. My grandfather said, listen, we learn in the morning, we learn in the night, but there's not enough. We're going to have to make a sale right now, right now, in the middle of phone calls. A big giant warehouse. I get to the warehouse. So my, my uncle, my father, that's it. All the secretaries, no phone calls now for the next hour. Close the doors, a big, big office, big office. I'm saying, big. And I'm sitting in there, Steigen, for an hour straight. That's it, finished. That's it. He realized Hashem was talking to us. Something's wrong. Hashem wants more. It's not enough to uh, uh, the morning, we'll have night. No, no, no. We want you to do more learning. But we have business, but there's customers calling. I don't care about us right now. That's a more Torah. When he saw things need to be fixed up, he got up and just did it. No sitting back. Didn't sit back. He made it his business. If there's something that has to be done, I'm going to do it. We'll take care of it. They need a rabbi? We want to get it. They need this? We want to get it. This is the way he worked his whole life. And he, and he pushed. It says, 
Hashem, you always open up your hands and you sustain all the Medines what they want. There's a big word over here, which is the key of the whole pasuk. A lot of guys say, of course, I want to learn. Of course I want to learn. I want to know Hashas. Yeah, for Hashas. I want to be a, a community leader. I want to be a leader, of course. Do you really want it? No, you don't want it. Because if you wanted it, you would get it. I'm telling you a secret of life right now. Secret. When you have a ratzon, a ratzon, a will, a desire, at that moment, if it's real and a real, real desire, already you're creating a tsinor, the same letters as ratzon, tsinor, the pipeline. Already at that moment, Shammai, right now, they're creating for you a way to get there. That's a conversation in itself, but that's, that's what it says. That's how it works. If you really want something, at that moment, in Shamayim, they're preparing for you that spot. If you're real. And what's the proof you're real? You go for it. The disciple says, he writes in Hayya Olam. He writes like this. Every person has his chair with his name on it. His name's on the chair. But the question is, will he be on the chair? That's the question. That's the billion dollar question. You're already your name's there. Rabbi so-and-so. Or, or the great Baal Hesed. Or the great upholder of Torah. It's already on the chair. But will you be that chair is the question. Will you shoot for it? Here's an orphan who shot for it. And he made it. How he made it to the top. Chamavaya said he was looking at the growing things. Rabbi Chamosh's father told me one time, I came back from the, off the plane, I went straight to the yeshiva. My grandfather was sick. I heard he was sick. So he says, say Tini right now. Tell him to say Tini right now. After we finished this filam, his father Tarashim, tells me, your grandfather was Zohar. He married it to what many people are not Zohar in this world. I have grandchildren, almost all sitting in yeshiva. I have 60 grandchildren. At the time, 58 sitting in yeshivas, 58 of sitting yeshivas in the community. His own children went to real yeshivas that were unheard of those days. Went to Lakewood and yeshivas. He knew, he knew where to put the, where, where you put this thing, where you put the dagesh, where you put your money, where you put everything. And he had that song, he had the will. We're going to make a senior citizen's house, we're going to make it. We're going to make a yeshiva, we're going to make it. We're going to make a shul, we made, he made the shul in 71. He made that shul. I, spray, I, was, I grew up in Bensonhurst, I grew up in the old shul. 21st Street. He said, we need another shoe. And then, I don't know That's it. Keep moving out. He got involved in a shoe. How much you can do? On Sunday, Berachot. He taught me, say Berachot loud. He told me, say out loud. Everything is going to push in a lovable way, but have a son. He had such a son. He made a Torah center. The first Torah center of the community. Those who don't know that, you guys were born in the late 80s. They opened a Torah center. He had a, he had a vision. He wants to make a Torah center. And he's seventh. Avenue S, right, right off Avenue S, Torah Center. They have like a school there now, high school. Where the Manso started over there. That's where he started, Manso, in that little building right there. That's where he started this whole thing right there. He made this Torah Center. They had, they had the Shah and they had a sofa there. He wanted to make a bed dean, but then caused a lot of trouble. So they, they, he wanted that, then they had an open library. He made a whole library. Come in whenever you want. The Hebrew and English library. They had cassette tapes, and those days to hear, Shi'urim. That's the Mikveh, the Kalim Mikveh. The Mikveh is a gorgeous Mikveh, the Mikveh. Kalim, one, he's seventh. The McVeigh and the Kelly McVeigh for the best of the vessels. Da, da, da. That was, it went to have a Torah center. After that one, I remember, started kicking off. Ashad still opened one, the annex. There was no one. Ashad didn't have that. Didn't have it. No one had it. They opened one there. They, all different shows opened a Torah center. So they were the first, first one was a Hayezid, open Torah center. 
and it was done, so it, it had the seed planted. That's what I meant. So started his, his career. It was started in that little building on the 7th. And then, and then after that, he, he got more people in it. He got, went to the social hall of Hayezid and made 800 people slash the streets. 800 people slash the streets. And Hayezid downstairs. That's how it was. But you understand that when you start to Shem Shemayim, everything rolls. And when you want to do something, you'll succeed in life. You have to have the want. You must have that son. My grandfather taught us, you want it, you're going to get it. But you have to want it. You have to really push for it. And don't say, eh, don't worry about it. Don't think it's so hard in life. If you push a little bit, Hashem takes over the next part. But be willing to push. A lot, a lot of stories to say this. I have to open my mind, but I don't think it's almost 6 o'clock. I want to have show by 6 o'clock, but I'll just tell you, this is the book my grandfather's about him, the Sefer. This is the art scroll book. This is a Sefer that they printed in his first year. The grandchildren's Hedroshet Torah, like the Haburot. Like long scene, those are the boys. We had Haburot here from high level learning. It was printed here to have a Zechut. How many people are Zuchit to have that kind of a Sefer on them? And this in here is a very, very advisable thing to, to read. A lot of understanding, Musad here, a lot of understanding of what, what took place in the old days in the community. This is his father-in-law, Hakam Borab Saton, Kodesh Kadashim, Hakam Baruch, Alav Shalom, Rabbi Kassin's son-in-law, Alav Hakam Vajas, Hakal. He said, he writes in Askamat to his sefer. He writes, I always thought I always looked at it as as if it's a a piece of holiness that was sent down from Shamayim to give us ruach hayim. That was Hakam Borab Saton. He taught from little children to the oldest people. From the morning to the night, he taught. Teach a little Arabic to people, the kids, and that. Do Gemara, do other things. Just that everybody can have something from him. Very humble person, very great person. His family, his son was Hamza Masaton, also leader of the, of the Ahayezi community. And Rabbi Jack Masaton, who his sons, you know, you know from Ahayezi, Rabbi Masaton, Rabbi Shwaki from Deal, Rabbi David Cohn from Bechel Miriam, Rabbi from Amik, those his four, those, the two sons, two kids, that's Rabbi Jack, this is his grandchildren, the rabbis in communities. He was okay to see a lot of community leaders. You don't know a lot of the shuls today are from that family of our community leaders. The sit shul here, Lon Shari, they started that thing. All over the shuls is an imprint of my grandfather. And I remember one time a story. There was a... I came, I just got engaged. So I came to Shadatzil and my father was Rabbi Shadatzil at the time. I was leaving to be well. So there was a president there. At that time, those days, there was no black hats. It wasn't a black hat place. Too much, no? It was more, more, more mainstream, regular. Try to see on. Anyway, so uh, the grandfather, my, my father tells the, grandma, the, the president that uh, this is my future son-in-law. I'm saying I'm a Yeshiva guy. So the guy says, I don't know who that guy is, but his grandfather is Sadiq. <laughs> that's, all, that's, that's all I know. His grandfather is Sadiq. Tell me his grandfather is Moody. Oh, he's Sadiq. That's the whole thing. That's enough. Uh, yeah, he is, but his grandfather is that was, that's, That was the motto always. That was what I said. They took it as, that's it. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's accepted. So that's what I say. So let's just re- rehash a few more things I want to say. Just to, number one, you always use the words of Shem Shammai. Number two, to be Mezakiah Rabbi. Look to help others say a berakhah, open a gemara, do a mitzvah, keep a Shabbat. It's the biggest level in the world is that. Mezakiah Rabbi. Number three, Asherahim Yisrael. Am Yisrael is the best. Don't say bad about them. Don't say bad. Don't say bad. He was sitting on that like a lion. You can't talk next to him, I can't say a word. If it had some kind of connotation, 
These three things are very strong and also the Ratzon. The want to accomplish in life. Use your life. Don't waste time. Don't waste your life, he says. Use your time that you have. In his old age, even I remember what he made a new program. He made, he, he got the kids. Kids came out of Syria. He, he made a Tehillim program. What do you do? He got each kid a Tehillim with his name on it in gold. You read a dollar a day, you call it a dollar a day. You read Tehillim every day, a dollar. At the end of the month, my father told me 300 kids were lined up and my father had to help me give out the dollars. <laughs> You have to keep lining up every day. 30 bucks a month each kid. Let's get out the money. <laughs> that's, that's how it is. Got the kids to open a tehillim on free time after school. Well, what thing is that? That's a person who doesn't want to stop doing fashion. You have to look for programs to do in your life. Of course, I said before, first become great yourself. Make something out of yourself. It's the biggest program is yourself. Noah. Noah's biggest child was himself. As Ramila says. Get yourself rolling in life, and then by that shit, you'll be able to do and spread out your wings later on. You become also a visionary. You're about to do great things, you're gonna be surprised, boys. You guys think you're a lot of guys like you. There's not a lot of guys like you. You're single boys picked out of the hat. Ben Hashamayim from Brooklyn, New York, to come here, or from whatever, LA or deal. You've been picked out to make a future, not for yourselves only, for your families and for your community. And you have to do that. It's not if you want, oh, if I want to do it, I can do it. If I want, there's no if you want. If you're put here, you have to do it. You are the representatives of other people that didn't make it this year. How many of them? 80 guys out of 800 guys? It's ridiculous. You have to take this with you. You go back. And you come back, Hashem. And you make your time count. 60 minutes in the hour should be 60 minutes in an hour. It should count. Time should be precious to you. Everything should be looking to help the other people. I will have zikhut one day, by the way, I heard many years ago from my Rashul Brahman, he said, he said, when a person at this age now learns Torah, and he has in mind that one day, Hashem, I want to help other people in Amisa with my Torah, he gets upfront credits. Now, he'll understand much faster things, much quicker, and get much, much, much further in learning because Hashem says, I want you to teach my children. So have that in mind, in the back of your head, that I want to one day use what I'm getting here to give it out. Ooh, you want to do that? I'm going to give you up front, 20 years earlier, what you can get 20 years later, but you get it now. That's how big it is. So, Yeratzon, Raza Hashem, should be as good for us. Remember these things. Also, speak good Rabbi Sa'il. Find this good, find merch Rabbi Sa'il. Do Hashem Shamayim. Do good things. And have Ratzon. The most important thing is life is to have Ratzon. What today is lacking in the world today a lot is this one word, Ratzon. Well, yeah, you want? Yeah, of course I want. What are you doing about it? How do you show you want? It's like this. He's been developing this for like this. I want. I want. I want. What do you want? You don't want anything. What do you want? You want to just hang out? If you want it, I guarantee you, I want to say this. I'll say in public. I'll say in public. What would be, I'll start high, if there would be on the table, a hundred dollar bill waiting for you in Shaharit. Would you be there every morning? Yes. Let's go down. Fifty dollars a month. You'd be down. Twenty dollar bill, you'd be down too. I'm afraid to say lower, but I know you still be down there. You still would be there! <laughs> Ten bucks you'd be there too! Five dollars! You'd be there also! Could be! Could be! Why well, it's a salary! A week's salary? Thirty bucks, why not? It's a night out! It's a night out! That's what we do! Is it a shame? Is that a shame? For five smackers? Who come down? <laughs> <laughs>
Hoshan's got it. Hey, Hoshan, you see the guy? He's been, uh, like this upstairs, like this, like this. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> that son. Will, where's your that son? Mm-hmm. And that's also. Hashem, I want Panasa. He doesn't want Panasa. What do you do for it? I want Panasa. Why that's all? He's probably, what do you do for it? You're opening a more? You learn something? You try to get something? Or if guys in business? Is he really doing Shem Shemayim? You have Ratzon. That's the key word, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is Ratzon. Ratzon makes it seem known. It makes a pipeline at that minute. Which was okay. To have all good things. Moshe Rabbeinu right now. Already we understand. Moshe Rabbeinu's perimeter right now. Moshe Rabbeinu. It's a big night tonight. A lot of, in the old, in the shuls. I was younger. They used to have a reading in the shuls. A couple of hours to have but. Open the Gemara tonight. Learn tonight very well. Tomorrow, say if you keep Moshe Rabbeinu some parasha. Happened this week. I mention his name, but other parashiot. And have his chut of them. I want to say Hamar Rahim. We'll say Kaddish. Hamar Rahim. Come to your table. Yahus and Yahmol. Rahim in the Fashiruvah. Unish Moshe Rashi. Abdo. More Zikini. Hamzakabi Surin. Hamzaki Arabim. Rabbi Azra Nuri Ben Shafiq. Rabbi Azra Nuri El Ben Shafiq. Ruach Adunotin Yehinu Ben Eden. Who? Chavon Israel.